everybody, welcome to West Town Weekly. I'm David Springer, and I'm here with Caleb Mullins. Hi, everybody. And uh, we are so excited to talk about Caleb's sermon from our series, uh, A New Way to Be Human. We're going through the book of Ephesians, and right now we are in chapter 4, and Caleb had a great sermon about that this week. I actually got to be in the service some this past week yeah. uh, and during the second service. You did a great job Thanks. Uh, with your sermon. Um, made me think and pray and uh, and uh, gave me a lot to chew on when I left. So well, will you kind of give us a breakdown of kind of what you talked about on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. So Ephesians 4 kind of marks the shift in the letter from Paul moving um from sort of the big picture, you know, in the first three chapters, he spends a lot of time unpacking kind of the story so far, right? What God has done, you know, the, the mystery of God's will and Jesus made known, us being made alive in Christ, um, Jews and Gentiles being brought together. He, he, it's kind of like very big picture stuff. Um, and then in chapter four, he sort of moves into this, you know, more personal application uh, more communal application, uh, not you know, not so individualistic that we only think about ourselves, but it's it's how this, you know, this story of Jesus is supposed to be lived out um, in their individual lives and in their community. And uh, what we looked at on on Sunday was, you know, he begins verse four or chapter four, um, basically saying that you know I want you to live a life that's worthy of your calling. Um, I want you to, um, you know live in such a way that gives honor and glory to, you know, the gospel, to the story, to the good news. And so we skipped down after that to verse 17 and looked at, you know, his assertion that the Ephesians have got to, you know, in his words, put off the old life they'd been living and to put on Christ, to live, to live a new way, a new life. And, uh, you know, that that's a challenge that was especially difficult for them in their world because they knew nothing, you know, they, they knew nothing of God prior to Paul showing up in Ephesus. Um, so you can imagine the difficulty in them having to just, I mean, th- this is a total transformation of, of, of worldview, of life, of ethics for them. You know, for us, we, we kind of grow up in this, uh, you know, kind of, you know, partially at least influenced by Christianity culture and there and there's a lot of, you know, things we have to untangle. It's not such a stark the, the differences are not as easy to identify sometimes. Um, you know, but the challenge is, is still the same for us. You know, we've got to we've got to sift through, you know, what am I wearing? What am I carrying around that's not of Christ? And then what do I need to put on, you know, to look like him? So so the challenge is is, you know, I, I believe just as strong for us today as it was for them 2,000 years ago. Definitely. Um, and I think there, are, I, I think it's strong. It's a tough challenge in America in the sense of there are some people who would, who are, who would claim or are Christian uh, and, but they're, um, because they know who Christ is, they've heard about, they've grown up learning scriptures and things like that. Uh, you see this in celeb- what feels like with celebrities mm-hmm. a lot, people who talk about Christ needing God and things like that. But then it seems like, well, but look what you're, how you're living. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if that's how Christians can live, then right, then I guess that's how we can live. And it's like, it, it is, 
it would be hard for us to see with the Ephesians, but at the same time, it's also like it's still prominent here. It's Absolutely. like like to that that battle and and putting on the new self and uh, and is one of the biggest other religions. Uh, one of the their biggest issues is they see people who are saying, "Man, I'm a Christian." but see how they live. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's one of their biggest stumbling points and probably biggest, a big stumbling point to uh, people out in the, out, out uh, who aren't Christian, who aren't, who aren't religious at all. Yeah. Is seeing like, well, yeah, this person is supposed to be Christian, but look how they're living. They, they look exactly the same as me or, you know, uh, well, I mean, I would even argue that, that it's a stumbling block for people within the church. Yeah. Um, I mean, for, for, for any age group, but I think particularly about, you know, that, you know, the college, college to 30, you know, mm-hmm. that's a time where you're discovering a lot about the world and you're, you're discovering, hey, my parents weren't perfect. Um, you know, my, my, my upbringing wasn't perfect. There are things I need to unlearn and relearn and, and, you know, that sort of realization about your church too, or, you know, that, oh gosh, there are Christians that, uh, claim to be Christians, but don't look like it. Yep. And I mean, that, that can throw people into a tailspin as well. So it's a problem for inside the church, outside the church. And, and I believe, you know, it, it's a, like you said, it harms our, our ability to, to, you know, show people the truth. Yep. So it's something we got to be really mindful of, I believe. Yeah. And, and it, it is a beautiful picture, putting on the new clothing of putting on, mm. uh, putting on, God's uh, putting on the mercy that Jesus offers, putting on uh, the right His righteousness mm-hmm. and clothing, and it's a a beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. And and I I my prayer, and this is what I pray every day: is God, do not see my filthy rags. Don't see yeah. Don't see what I do, but put up seek at what God has done. Yeah. Uh, so, and and then. The other part of that is me trying to be as close to that as I can to yeah. to please and to to love and to uh, to show my faith and mm-hmm. show God how truly faithful I want to be, but knowing that in the end, it's still filthy racks. Right. <laughs> even even when even if I'm a pretty good person, Paul says it's still filthy rags. Right. And we need to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is it is one of those incredibly challenging passages, um, but I also believe that it's you know it's in it's it's in the midst of some of these more challenging teachings that we're also just reminded of how good God is because mm-hmm. of how great His grace is. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 one of those things where we want to be spurred on, you know, mm-hmm. and challenged a little bit, um, but also I don't want it to ever become a, a thing where we where we lose sight of that grace that we need, like mm-hmm. you just said, you know, cause, cause it doesn't matter how well you think you do yeah. <laughs> or even how well you just do period. Yeah. It's not, it, it's not enough. And, 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 and thank goodness that it's not. Um, because, uh, it, it's, it's totally dependent on his grace and it's only when we're able to be clothed <laughs> in him, you know, that we're able to really receive all that he has for us. Yeah. And, and even by his grace and mercy, that we can even turn away from the the evil things of this yeah. world. It's only by through him uh, that that 
I, that I could have any strength in mm-hmm. myself to not sin. Right. It's like that's it's only through His strength and mercy because I've tried to do it by myself. Right. And it's like I'm terrible at this. But then when I release it to God, when I say, God, I need you to do this, this He He's the one that comes through. I, yeah. I can do it through His strength, even when I can't do it through mine. Right. So which is which is incredible. Um, what do you think about when it talks about the oneness here? Being one with one another. Yeah, so you're skipping down a little bit too. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. You're skipping down. And we didn't actually get to this on Sunday, but um, you know, the end of this chapter, Paul even adds a little bit more um, in sort of like just really concrete, practical um you know, terms with, with one another. I'm actually, let me read this from the message version really quickly. Um, let me see where he starts this at. All right, so he, he goes to what we talked about on Sunday. We finished that out. Um, and then, you know, in the message version, Peterson translates it like this. What all this adds up to then is this. No more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself, which I think is pretty pretty neat way to put that. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Did you used to make ends by me- by stealing? Well, no more. Get an honest job so that you can help others who can't work. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word a gift. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another. Sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. This sort of just like this addendum to this whole idea where Paul fleshes out again what this looks like in relationship with each other. And you got to remember you know, as we talk about this, Paul's desire is not for the Ephesians only to grow individually. Um, I think that's a very Western way of understanding the Bible. Mm -hmm. He's desiring for them to grow communally as a church as well. And so he unpacks this, you know, what does this look like in your relationships with each other? And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit more, you know, next week in what it looks like in specific relationships. But I think it's just, it's important for us to remember that none of us are going at this alone mm-hmm. and that we all do really belong to each other. Um, if, you know, if you, if we're in Christ, you're my brother, you're my mm-hmm. sister, we belong to each other. We have a responsibility to serve one another and love one another and, and look out for one another. Um, and again, that's one of those things that we're only able to do when we put on Christ. Um, and we think about, you know, just how unique and different all of us are um, in our backgrounds and where we come from and, and maybe even, you know, certain opinions about different things in the world or whatever. And it's like the only way that unity can really be made possible is through God's spirit at work in us. And and Jesus, that's where you're going. I know John 17, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus prays in the garden. You can read it, but he prays for that unity so that the world would see the unity that God and Christ have with one another. I'll start at verse 20, John 17, verse 20. Okay. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, 
that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Yeah. Uh, amazing to be able to say we are one mm-hmm. with each other, like God. Christ is one with God. Yeah. It's it's a part. Uh, it's they are they they are more than just father and son. They are one. He, yeah. Jesus is God, and uh, and what's 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 beautiful about that is it. We were I talked about this earlier this week is. That goes all the way back to the Old Testament and to the sh- to the Shema, mm-hmm. uh, "Hero is your Lord or God, our Lord is one." That word "one" is awesome because it, it, it there's two different words they could use for one. It could mean it could be singular one. They didn't use that word for the Lord is one. They met. They use the word that generally means the Lord is a group of things is one. As in, I see some tables over there. You put all those tables together. That's a group of things that have become one table. Yeah, that's how they use that word, and it's the same word that they use for the Trinity. It's the same word that he's using for us. That yeah. one, and it's like we should be one. We should all be part of one group, and it's a beautiful picture. Yeah, especially in with the backdrop of what's going on in the United States, or I mean, around right. the world all the time is separation. The people want to separate into their own groups. They want to be known, identified by anything but with each other. Yeah. And then here we have Paul and, more importantly, Jesus saying, you're one. Yeah. Right. And I think that's something that has plagued, I mean, humanity forever, <laughs> is yeah. this desire to, to divide. I mean, even you look in, you know, Western Christian history, post-Reformation. Yeah. You know how many, how many times did somebody have one dis- simple disagreement, and all of a sudden they're out the door? Here's yeah, a new I denomination. Mean, yes. Here's a new branch. Here's a new movement. Um, and and really, you know, you talk about this idea, and I didn't notice where we were going to go today, but I think this is really good. You know, the Christian Church. You know, if you want to get historical about it, mm-hmm. really started as a as a unity movement. I say Christian church in the sense of Westtown Christian Church. We come from uh, the Restoration movement tradition that began in you know the early eighteen hundreds uh, during the Second Great Awakening in the United States. It really began as a as a unity movement. It was a uh, you know a coming together of of uh, you know Presbyterians and Baptists in the Midwest who said who you know, they were having camp meetings out in the wilderness, and their you know church governing body said, "Hey, you guys can't take communion together." They said, well, "Why in the world can't can't we take communion? We're we're all Christians," mm-hmm. and so that's kind of where our movement came from. Um, and so you'll you know you hear that I think in each of us a lot is that heart for that unity that Jesus is praying for. In John 17, and and perhaps maybe that's why, you know, I think we take firm theological stances, but there are very few things that I think we're willing to cut fellowship with. I mean, even one of the, you know, the primary, uh, you know, early slogans of the Restoration Movement was um, in essentials unity, in non-essentials liberty, in all things love. Um, And so, and I think that that is the type of... um, approach to each other we've got to have yeah. to have that unity 
um, that, that Paul talks about here that Jesus prayed for. And I, and I think it's that unity that really sends a message to the world that says, okay, they really are different. <laughs> you know, yeah. even in their differences, they're united around this one person of Jesus. And there's got to be something to him. And Jesus can hold these people who are so different together. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's a it's a beautiful thought. And really, my favorite part of being part of that, the restoration mm-hmm. movement, is I can call so many people my brothers. Yeah. In Christ, knowing that they are faithful, that they are they are accepting Christ as the only way, and in other things and little things, uh, we can we can disagree, but yeah, that doesn't mean I don't call you my brother, right? Uh, and and those topics are all all over the place. Yeah. People's opinions on baptism, on uh, women's roles, on uh, how church services should go, right. uh, communion. Uh, um, songs, instruments, yeah, all all of those church governments, ch- church governments, all of those things are things that you may be listening to this and going, I didn't realize that that was yeah an issue or that there was, but there there have been all been splits over those yeah. things, uh, and and the 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 funny thing is is we couldn't go to one person that would agree with everything one hundred percent. Like me and Caleb are pretty. We grew up pretty similarly. We, mm-hmm. uh, our church background. I mean, and and how we how we grew up, how the college we went to, yeah. uh, the type of church we grew up going to. Yeah, and we don't agree on everything. Right, right. I mean, it's like we we had a long conversation yesterday yeah. about, and this this wasn't even religious conversation, right. but it's like okay, we don't agree, or maybe we agree on way more than what we. Than what it looks, right? Because that's what it ends up being. Is man, we agree on ninety-eight percent, ninety-eight percent of this, and it's these tiny little details that there are times where we're like, "Oh, we disagree," and I can be like, "Yeah, it's just from a different point of view, right? Or from uh, a different experience, or from whatever it is." I would never not call someone your brother, right? If their faith is in Jesus Christ, right? So, well, and I think that that is. What he's unpacking there, he's saying, you know, speak truth to each other. Yeah. <laughs> You're all in the same body. Yeah. But don't let anger overtake you. Yeah. You know, don't yeah. don't 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 speak in a way that tears other down. Just no. just speak in a way that builds people up. Don't break God's heart by yeah. your disunity or your anger yeah. or your bitterness with each other. Be kind. Be yeah. be tender hearted. Forgive one another. Yep. Um and I think that's what, you know, that new life, those new clothes really look like in the context of, of Christian community. You have those things have to be present or yeah. else you're not living the new way. Yeah. And and when you are when you're living that new way, when you're living as Christ has called us to live, it's also interesting because I think that makes it easier to have that unity. Yeah. Without the without what Paul just listed, that new life, without without having that new life that Paul just listed, unity gets much more difficult. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and so I, yeah, I know, I know that wasn't exactly where we were, <laughs> but it's, it's good though. Where, where we were, where your sermon mm-hmm. was, but it was also part, part of that chapter. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, it's well, good. Oh, it's just, I, I mean, I think it's always beneficial for us to remember 
that these letters are written to a group of people. Yeah. You know, it's not just written to one person. And yeah. so they're having to figure out how to live this out in community with each other. Yeah. Christians were never meant to, to be out on an island by themselves. Yeah. All of these things have to be lived in community uh, with each other. So I'm, I'm glad that we, we went there and that you brought that out. Um, yeah. Um, I, in this verse, the, uh, uh, verse 27, it's a pretty short verse, but, uh, it's also interesting to me the way he said this, uh, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Yeah. You, you hear that a lot, like premarital yeah. counseling. You hear that all the time. Don't let the sun go down on your, that's, that's actually 26, but yeah. then, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, they, they talk about that all the time. Like, don't let the sun go down here. Take care of things when they yeah. need to be uh, taken care of. Uh, but then here at 27, it's part of the same sentence, but it says, and give no opportunity to the devil. And yeah. I think it's I, that's just interesting uh, to me because uh, all of those all of those sins, all those things in our lives, just give that little opportunity for the devil just to, to sneak in, yeah. you know, and... Uh, and it, it may feel like such a small deal, like it's not a big deal in our lives. Uh, but every time it, you just you're giving the devil an opportunity to be like, OK, they're giving me this little. Yeah, this little foothold or a little place that I can that I can sneak in. And uh, and pretty soon it, it can grow and grow and grow his his hold over you. Uh, and and it's not very pretty rarely does Satan just come and. Right. Knock you in the face, attacking you. I've I have felt like I have been attacked like that. Yeah, but I that's fairly rarely, or fairly rare for yeah. me. Uh, how he it's the Bible says he's like a like a prowling lion. Mm-hmm. Like a, he's he is coming to devour. He's coming and he's going to do it quietly. He's going to try to sneak up on you. He's going to try to find those. Uh, like a lion was it do? A lion will sit there. We were at the zoo the other day yeah. or a few weeks ago, and they had the lion in the big glass pen. Yeah. And uh, we were standing looking at it, and then like as soon as Landry turned around, the lion sat up and like yeah. growled, yeah. like almost like as soon as he saw you turn your back, yeah. as soon as he saw that moment of weakness, it was yeah. like he sat up and like I'm like if that if that <laughs> four inches of glass wouldn't have been there, Landry would have been a snack, yeah. And it's like that's what Satan is doing yeah. right there. He's 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 just looking for those little places in your life, yeah. Uh, whether that 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 you are allowing Satan to, or that you're allowing yourself to, uh, give into. Yeah. And he's just looking for this, you know, grab onto those. Yep. And, uh, he's just looking for that little weakness. Yeah. Well, and, and just, you know, thinking about that with the idea of how angry all of us are all of the time, we live in an outrage culture. Yeah. Everybody's mad yep. all the time. Yeah. I don't care what side of any cultural argument you find yourself on what sells advertisements on TV and TV ratings and books and newspaper subscriptions and, you know, blog post traffic or whatever is, is outrage, is anger. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't things to be legitimately angry about. Paul doesn't say don't become angry. Yeah. He says don't dwell in it. Don't yeah. stay in it because it's that anger. Um, if, you, if you sit there, that is that opportunity that yeah. that Satan needs, yeah, to to turn you against you know against the body against against one another, um, and I just you know that is 
you know, that is something we should all be weary of, especially right now. We're all we're all mentally exhausted. Yeah. We've lived through an incredibly difficult two years at this point. Yep. Um, we're all frustrated. We're all, you know, uh, on edge in a lot of ways. And so, but we can't sit in that anger uh, because it is it is the foothold. And that's all he needs, like you said, that yep. one opportunity, that one moment of weakness. And then he's got your claws, his claws in your back. Yep. And, you know, you are slowly being ripped away from yeah. those new clothes, that new life. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's well, well said. Um, so, man, there's just so much in this. <laughs> there's so much in this chapter. Yeah. Um, it's almost like it's like inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, or something. it is. It is. So, um, was there anything else in there that you, you wanted to, to grab? I mean, I think that's good. I mean, there's, there's so much in here and I think you could spend, you know, so much time on it, but, but really, I mean, the, the main point that I tried to drive home Sunday is, you know, the, the way we think, you know, how, how we, how we think our worldview, our minds, the state of mind we're in, I mean, is going to make a big difference in how we live. And ultimately it's our desires. Yeah. You know, our, our, I read that quote from the social psychologist that really states, you know, that, that we, we kind of believe what we want to. Mm-hmm. Our desires really kind of determine what yeah. we believe. Um, and, uh, you know, we can say we believe something, but I believe our belief is proven through does that belief shape and change our mm-hmm. life? You know, we can say we believe all kinds of things. I can say I believe... Um, you know, that there is a giant invisible stegosaurus that follows me around mm-hmm. everywhere that's going to eat me if I don't, you know, yeah. if I stop paying attention. Seems but legitimate. It, yeah, I mean, it's a perfectly rational belief. If I say I believe that, that I'm at risk at any time of being eaten by a giant invisible stegosaurus, mm-hmm. you would think that I would always be very careful Yeah. because I might be eaten by a giant stegosaurus. Yeah. But if I don't live carefully... And do I actually believe there's a giant stegosaurus behind me? I know this is a really dumb example, but <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying what we want will determine what we believe. I believe in a lot of cases. And the 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 validity of that belief, how true it is for us, I think is played out in how we live. Yeah. Um and so if we if we really, 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 really want Christ then I believe our beliefs and actions will follow that. But yeah. it's got to start there. It's got to start with wanting him. It's got to start with desiring him. Um, it's got to start with learning him, like Paul talks about, and then just allowing that desire to know him transform us from the inside out. Yeah. there's. Uh, if you believe Jesus is who he says mm-hmm. he is, then your life should be dramatically altered by that. Yeah. It, that should be That should be a, a major change in your life or at least yeah. it should be a major people should should know that you can't read what christ said and what christ did yeah and not be altered by it right and it's just uh your your life can't look the same yeah if you believe if you actually believe yeah what he did and what he said yeah yeah exactly and that doesn't mean you're not going to mess up doesn't no. mean there's you're not going to sin because you will but it's there's got to be there's got to be some fruit there you know yeah. And, and I think it, producing that fruit starts in just saying, I want Jesus more than anything. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Beautiful. Well, great job. 
Uh, are you preaching this upcoming Sunday? I am, yeah. Okay. I'm, I've got one more in this series, and then Ron's going to finish us out. So I uh, think I've taken like six of the eight in this series, which mm-hmm. has been really fun. But, uh, um, yeah, it'll be nice for me to talk one more time and then listen to somebody else because mm-hmm. I'm getting tired of hearing myself talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've done a good job. I can't wait to uh, to get back to it this Sunday. I hope you guys have a great week. We love you. Uh, Christ loves you. And uh, we pray that you follow him faithfully. Yep. And uh, with your put on your new life. Yep. Put so, on some new clothes. Yep. There you go. All right. Well, you guys have a great week. We will talk to you later. Bye, guys. Yeah.